Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. Thank you for joining me. Um, so the title of today's episode is called Do Not Kill the Innocent and Righteous. And, you know, you may have noticed that I seem to be going through the six things that God hates, which we, we had read uh, we had mused on about three days ago, which is under Proverbs 6 7, when he talks about haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. And even though it's not intentional, but that seems to be where you know the Lord is leading me. Yesterday, we talked about a faithful witness as opposed to a false witness, and we mused a lot about that. I even mused a lot on it myself, even at you know, at home, offline. And like I have been saying in the past few musings around you know, what's topical in Nigeria now, the, pro- the protest, the unrest, the general uneasy calm that we have right now, the quest for justice, um, the path to peace, you know, and all of that. And, you know, God has really been speaking to me in terms of where he wants my heart, my mind to be, where my prayer, the direction in which my prayers should go, the prayers of my heart, the prayers of my mouth, my, you know, and everything. And, you know, when I see, for instance, a political narrative that, you know, tends to want to amplify material loss to be more of more value than the loss of life. In the spirit of my musings, which is very much about reminding myself as to what is important in God's eyes, this is why, you know, I am doing this for myself and for anyone in case any of us finds ourselves in a situation whereby we need to speak to certain things and for me how you know you are really up against an evil system is when you know you have a leadership or you're in an environment or with a group of people that are minimizing the loss of life i mean that is babylon to the core in fact when you look at those six things that the lord hates everything that is written there is exactly the epitome of what an evil system is if you if if you know and when and, when, and the seventh one god now said is an abomination and we know that babylon is described in in, in revelations as you know the the city full of abominations and things that are contrary to god any system that has no problem with shedding the blood of the innocent and the righteous. There's a, you don't, I don't, I mean, I don't need to go into prayer to know that that's, I don't have to have a spiritual revelation to know that that system is not of God. And there is a system that needs to be prayed against the same way we we'll deal with the devil, the same way you will deal with anything that is evil, that is out to steal, to kill and destroy. That is the way you will deal with such a system. It is not something you should tolerate it is not something you should embrace. It is not something that I should compromise with. Let me speak for myself. It's always better to speak for myself. And it's not something that any child of God or any part, anybody that is in partnership with God or working with God should even want to negotiate with. So this is me because I've noted that anytime I do these musings, it's like I'm actually speaking into the atmosphere and it has a way of actually changing my mind, the way I think. I'm bringing about some spiritual fruit. So it's even though... I mean, I would never have imagined that I would have to do a musing about shedding innocent blood. I would have assumed that that is a given. But since I've seen that the days are evil and that the voices of the evil one are using the voices of natural men to amplify 
black to you to amplify um, evil as good and to paint black as white and white as black let us go back to the basics and be reminding ourselves you know that's just it god has said in any way that except you won't be as a child so i will be as a child and relearn in my mind the reason why it is wrong it is evil to shed innocent blood and even more evil to try to cover it up when it happens but let's see what the scripture has to say about this so the title of today is do not kill the innocent and righteous and it may change depending on how the word of god goes but this is really about shedding innocent blood and what the bible has to say about that so thank you for joining me and let's go on this journey but i think before i end this i think maybe i should just read the scripture that talks about this so exodus 23 verse 7 is the headline text it says keep far from a false charge and do not kill the innocent and righteous for i will not acquit the wicked so this is god speaking he's telling the children of israel very firmly through the words of moses saying keep far from false charges in other words that's false witness again we mused so much on that yesterday and i said i could really see that god really differentiates that whole false witness thing i also think is very evil and he says do not kill the innocent and the righteous for i will not acquit the wicked so there is something that god sees that is very wrong with killing the innocent and the righteous and what i like about god is that anything the scripture differentiates it differentiates it for a purpose so he says even if somebody is not righteous the person is not a good person as in the person does not have the nature of god but the person was innocent and you still kill that person the judgment of god god says you will not acquit the wicked that there is no you can't there is no get out of jail free card that person the guilty is a candidate for justice and judgment at that time so he says do not kill the innocent do not kill the righteous and that's what we're talking about today thank you for joining me So in Genesis 9 verse 6, it says, Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed, for God made man in his own image. And I think this was what God said after um, Cain shed the blood of Abel. He was the first murderer (laughs) on the face of the earth, that is, as of the creation, after the creation of Adam and Eve. And God said, Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. And like I always say, the scriptures are the foundations for all the, the laws that we have all over the, the the planet and that's how me these are the things that make me know that god is really good regardless of what everybody says because there's some common laws that nobody's arguing about there's no country we have 200 and something countries and territories on the planet there is no country on the earth where murder is leader and it's murder of somebody that has been born the abortion that one is a different i mean well it's still murder but there is no country where murder of a living soul is legal as it is allowed that is innocent yes there's death penalty for people who have committed a crime and even that is only when it's the law is this this law that applies the person has killed somebody therefore he before somebody can be um, on death row there must have been bloodshed that is where those scriptures come from and even that one you know i mean well that's another political issue but what i'm saying here is that God established that law. He says, Whosoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. So God is saying, I created man in my own image. You may look at him and feel he's poor, he's nothing. But he's made in my own image. I, even angels are not made in the image of God. You have no rights 
I am the giver of life. I am the father of spirits. Deuteronomy 27.25 says, Cursed be anyone who takes a bribe to shed innocent blood, and all the people shall say amen. That was actually a law that they prayed. The people of Israel, they prayed. It was a law. And there was a reason why. So even the entire congregation of Israel was part of ensuring that that law was upheld. Because it's a spiritual law. It is a physical law with spiritual consequences. So Psalms, and we'll read a few scriptures that says what will happen to people or lands or societies who actually shed, who violate this law and shed innocent and righteous blood and, and revel in it. So Psalm 94 verse 21 says, They band themselves together against the life of righteous, the righteous and condemn the innocent death. So this was um, David speaking by inspiration of the psalmist talking about you know what the wicked do in proverbs 6 7 okay that's the one that talks about the haughty eyes the blind of the hands that shed innocent blood in first samuel in genesis 14 when cain killed abel um god came to cain and said what is what have that what have you done where is your brother he said cain answered i'm my brother's keeper then god then god said to him what are, what is this that you have done the voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground the voice you can imagine God saying this the voice of your brother's blood that blood that was shed because anytime blood is shed it drops onto the earth onto the ground the ground receives it wherever it happens even if it's in hospital the things will eventually be you know the, the blood whether it's on hospital bed or sheets whatever it is the blood will still drop into the ground when they dispose of it and the, the ground receives it because it's not supposed to receive blood. The ground is not supposed to receive the blood of man. It's supposed to receive the body when it, is, when it dies. But not the blood. It's an aberration. God never intended the, the soil. And it's his creation. It still has the breath and the life of God. Because all the, the, the seeds of life and of earth still come out. And man was formed from the earth. So when that earth receives that blood. The Bible says the voice. So the spirit had gone, but the blood that was shed on the earth was crying out to God. And it still happens till today. Anybody that says that it doesn't happen, they don't know. So Deuteronomy 19.10, I believe this was Moses telling the children of Israel. He says, so innocent blood will not be shed in the midst of your land, which the Lord your God gives you as an inheritance and blood guiltiness be on you. So now this is where we now bring it home. So the reason why God, apart from the fact that death definitely is wrong to kill the, the innocent or to even kill anyone, to take the life. But the reason why God is saying, you should, the, uh, the blood of the innocent should not be shed in the midst of the land. It says because if not, blood guiltiness. So there is something called blood guiltiness. It say will be upon the individual and the land if that deed goes unpunished. If it is punished, the blood guiltiness is on the individual. But if it goes unpunished, the blood guiltiness goes on that person. That's for taking the life of one innocent or one righteous person. Imagine now if you have taken 10 or 50 or 100 in the context of my nation, let's just think of how many. Which is why when I, I did a musing 
um you know some i think it was righteousness exalts a nation about six seven or eight days ago i was talking about how spiritual what the youth did the festival of light ceremonies that were done all over nigeria as part of the nsas protest how spiritual it was because they took the nation on a um how would i say a repentance we have never we just you know people are just people are slain we hear stories this one in the north this one here in this this one in the south this south south we don't even you know we just we just carry on nobody does as if those lives mean anything the families just mourn it they carry the scars some people even have post-traumatic stress they grief they die of grief even more nobody cares it's like the lives don't matter we just they just don't matter so God was making this law so that the children of Israel will know that when somebody dies, it may look as if nothing has changed. I mean, the sun is still rising the, the, in the east and setting in the in the west. You know, it's still life still goes on in quotes, but that there's God is standing and watching over that blood. Spiritually, the voice of that blood begins to cry out, and I open a book for such for such people, and I will I I I I, I keep it in remembrance. That God keeps it in remembrance. He says He will not acquit the guilty. So First Samuel nineteen five, this was when um, I think it was um, Samuel talking to Saul then telling him why you know and let me just read it it says for he took his life in his hand and struck the philistine and the lord brought about a great deliverance for all israel you saw it and rejoiced why then will you sin against innocent blood by putting david to death without a cause so Samuel was telling so because someone was after the life of david and you know this is again back to what it is about how you know when a ruler or a leadership is wicked and cruel so the same david that saved saul from the threats of Goliath who was standing before the, the armies of Israel and blaspheming and taunting them and making a fool of them that same David that saved him from shame now became the person he started attacking the Saul was telling him that why will you sin in other words commit um, sin against God against an innocent blood by putting David to death without a cause so this boy has done no wrong in other words his innocence he referred to David as innocent blood. So why will you do this? Say so he's telling him, think about it. That this cannot work out well for you, both as an individual and as a king. There is something very, very wrong with a leader that is okay with the shedding of innocent blood within his territory. Any leader that wants to cover up the shedding of innocent blood, it is clear who, who you are serving. It is very clear. Matthew 27, 4 says... Um, this is Jesus now saying, I'm um, um, sorry, not Ju- this was Judas. After he had betrayed Jesus, he now said, saying, um, he went to the Pharisees and was saying, saying, I, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. He was trying to get them to collect the money from him. Those all said to him, what is that to us? Better see it to yourself, sort out yourself. Because they knew the implication of collecting that 30 pieces of silver back from him. And this is where God says, you know, he will not acquit the guilty. It's becoming apparent to me now, even as I'm using, that what happened to Judas at that point in time was that he now realized, he came to himself and saw himself the way God sees him. And he knew that he was, he, he knew that judgment was his. And I think the Bible reports somewhere that he looked, he, couldn't, he looked for repentance, but he couldn't find it, even though he sought it with tears. I'm not sure if that scripture was referring to Judas or somebody else. Eventually, he went and he killed himself. 
which again confirms that scripture that says that he that sheds blood by his, his blood too will also be shed. He, yes, that was what he's all yes. So Lamentations 4.13, this was um, um, God also speaking to Israel, and, was, and I'll just read it. It says, because of the sins of her prophets and the iniquities of her priests who have shed, who have shed in her midst the blood of the righteous, God was, was, was telling them then the things that, the reasons why his judgment was coming against them. He said, because um, of the sins of the prophets of their prophets and the iniquities of some of their priests who have shed in who have who have shed in her midst in the midst of Israel the blood of the righteous and the same thing in Psalm 106 verse 38 it says and shed innocent blood the blood of their sons and daughters whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan and the land was polluted with blood God was explaining to to them why he was giving them into captivity so look at this this is so funny when we think about it god went to a great deal of trouble to deliver israel from egypt kept them alive in the wilderness they said there was none feeble amongst them fed them every day and night manna from heaven clad and the smoke by day shining of a flaming fire by night delivered them into a promised land chased out the citizens of that land and kept them in that land at the end of the day those same people that he went to all that trouble for they ended up going into captivity and this is the reason why it says they were shedding innocent blood that the blood of their sons and daughters they were sacrificing it to the idols of canaan and he said that the land became polluted with blood so the land became cursed so i think when i see other people say let's move you know let's move on and they are they are they are, they are paying so much attention to carnage they're using that word carnage and the carnage is not about carnage initially when i started hearing the word carnage i was wondering okay yes they're talking about people that died and i realized that they're not even talking about the people that died they're talking about carnage of buildings how evil can you be we have lots of videos running around of i mean if this anger or this narrative about the carnage of people that were killed honestly i i would be in support even if you were talking about the carnage of souls in fact there's no justification for even equating buildings to souls but the fact that you are not even talking about the lives that were lost and you're just spending so much energy talking about buildings there's something very wrong with your value system there's something wrong with that nature there's something wrong with that spirit it is demonic it's of hell because that's what babylon does because babylon trades in the souls of men it treats the souls of men as merchandise so whether or not those voices are aware of it or not at that point by saying that by amplifying that narrative that person is speaking for for hell for the pits of hell for satan at that point in time and like I said, this is why these musings are good for me because it's really helping me to cut through. The word of God says the, Bible, the word of God is alive and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. This is what the scripture says, that the land is polluted. So if you are somebody that is spiritual and you are really the Christian or whatever you call yourself, you should be very uncomfortable with the shedding of innocent blood. You should be very uncomfortable with it. And anything that makes you or me not comfortable, I mean, not uncomfortable with that, I mean, the Bible says you should test every spirit. It is clear that there is some influence that is going on that is not of God. So 1 Kings 2.31 says, 
the king said to him, and this was, so, um, yeah, this was in Solomon's time, do as he has spoken, he was talking about Joab, and fall upon him and bury him, that you may remove from me and my father's, from, uh, from me and my father's house, the blood which Joab shed without a cause. Now, Joab went and he, you know, he, he killed two people, Abner and another person, thinking that he was defending something that had been done to the house of David. Meanwhile, they didn't send him a message. So they went back and Solomon went to go and revenge that death, that wrongful death. And he said the reason why is that he didn't want the blood of that, that innocent blood to be that blood guiltiness to be upon him or his father's house. They went and they killed Joab. He had even gone to hide in the altar of the Lord, in the tent of the altar of the Lord. That was where he was slain. And that removed the blood guiltiness. So there is something called blood guiltiness in scripture. And it's that same blood guiltiness that came upon um, that came upon um, um, Judas. And when he, you know, that's why when he, and the Pharisees, even though they killed Jesus, they were aware of that blood guiltiness. Which is why, when he wanted to give them back the money, they didn't take the money from him. Because they, too, they didn't want it upon themselves. <laughs> oh, Lord. Jeremiah 22, 17. This was Jeremiah now telling the children of Israel, by inspiration of the Lord, what the judgment of God against wicked kings. It says, but your eyes and your heart are intent only. It says, woe unto him who builds his palace by unrighteousness that's verse 11 so who unto him who builds his rule who builds his leadership who builds his presidency or his governorship by unrighteousness he says but your eyes and your heart are intent only upon your own dishonest gain and on shedding innocent blood and on practicing oppression and extortion does that not sound familiar Please can every if you are in Nigeria and you are listening to this, please go and read Jeremiah 22, verse 11 to 17, particularly verse 17. And God says, "Is woe unto such a person, any political leader that builds his palace by unrighteousness." And He goes forth to explain what that right, righteousness is. He says, "Your eyes and your heart, you are only intent upon your own dishonest gain. You either support, cover." Or enable or allow the shedding of innocent blood and the practicing of oppression and extortion. The Bible says woe. What we need actually is the spiritual judgment of God. That's what we just need. Because it's important that whatever it is that happens in our nation, it be done in such a way that everyone will know that it's not the hand of any man, but that it's God that did it. And that's my prayer at this point. Let it be clear. That it was the Most High God that came down to ex- exercise his judgment. As he has said that he will not acquit the guilty. In our nation too, he will not acquit the guilty. Those whose hands are swift to shed innocent blood. So that their, the blood guiltiness can be removed from our land. Let the vengeance of God, the judgment of God come upon them. And let him set in motion a series of events. That will enable us to rid ourselves of that blood guiltiness. So that the peace of God can reign. Revelation 6 verse 10, and I'm going to close with this. Because I think a lot of us think that... I, anyways. 
I just think I thank God because the word of God is here to just help me make sense of what is going on around me. There are things that you feel in your spirit that is right. God has given us that spirit of discernment. But it helps when you can read something to really put it in stark terms for you. So that you can then take a stand. At least for me, that helps me. Because now if you are then telling me I should set aside the word of God, then we know the argument that we are having. But if we're having an argument about opinion and perspective, you know, that's when you can now say, no, 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 actually for the sake of this, you can then, you can convince me by reason and rationale. But once you are, you are, you are touching the scripture, like I said, I don't negotiate on the scripture. It's non-negotiable for me. You can't even have that conversation with me. I side with God. I side with God. Revelation 6.10 says, And when the Lamb opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony that they upheld. Verse 10. And they cried out in a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, until you avenge our blood? How long, O Lord, O holy and true, until you avenge our blood and judge those who dwell upon the earth? So this scripture shows me that it doesn't end when the people die, when the blood is shed and the body leaves this body. Of course, we know that the, the spirit still remains. But for as many as are righteous and are before God, the Bible says here that they will be telling God that how long before our blood is avenged. That's what they are saying. Me, I will not be a partaker of that blood guiltiness. So I will not lend my mouth to the enemy at this point in time. If it's only prayer, if it's declaration like I'm doing now, I will declare. The nation must be rid of this blood guiltiness. Because, and the only way is for many of those of us that are Christians to disassociate ourselves from it. Through prayer, through confession. Through sharing what the word of God says. So that at least perchance, just like our youth, helped us do for all the ones that has been gone before. So that at least this one will not now create a new um, something. So I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you because your word says that you will not acquit the guilty. For every blood of the innocent and of the righteous that has been shed in our nation over this past month, Father, Lord, we ask for your mercy. We ask that you help to remove that blood guiltiness from us and that the vengeance and the justice that needs to be done for that to be executed in the way that you would have it done. Let it be done in the name jesus let your name be glorified in our lives in our nations all to your glory in jesus name amen thank you for listening and have a wonderful day